Uh, hi everybody, welcome back to Dark Five. I'm sorry about the brief hiatus. I'm gonna stop saying that because it might happen again. It was just a week and everyone can chill out, okay? I'm sorry, nobody's yelling at me. I'm yelling at myself and projecting onto you, but welcome back to Dark Five. Um, this is actually a pretty fun, special episode. I asked you guys to send me some questions that you had, um, whether they be Dark Five related or just life related, and I'm gonna answer those today in listicle format. But I'm here with a very special friend, uh, Nicole, I don't even know how to pronounce your last name. Nadellian. That's it's, pretty easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like uh, relatively straightforward, it's, but it's, it's like sounds exactly like it's spelled. Yeah. Because I was looking at it on Slack this morning, and I was like, I might as well just ask. Yeah. It's right? super easy, but it's also like you always doubt yourself when you're like, this is yeah. a semi-complicated last name. Right. My name is Rachel Evans, so yeah. I like can't. I don't know names. It's I don't do names. If if you watch Dark Five the series on Snarled and Amazon, then you'll know that anytime I try to uh, pronounce any name from anywhere that from any name that isn't Rachel Evans, I can't do it. Um, but Nicole, I we actually work together. If you guys don't know, I now uh, I'm doing Dark Five still. Don't worry. But I work at Fine Brothers Entertainment. Uh, FBE, also React, of the same family. Um, So that's exciting, right, Nicole? Yeah, I mean, it's really fun. I'm so glad that you're working here. Oh, I just slapped myself. I am too, actually. It's a lot of fun. And if you guys are like, you know, you should go spam all of the FBE videos and be like, Rachel Evans, where is she? Yeah. Just see what happens. Because actually, the person who's watching all those comments is Nicole. Nicole is like the goddess of social here at FBE. Please keep going. You are a a gift to us all. All these affirmations. Yeah, no, like if you are speaking to somebody at FBE, chances are you're speaking to Nicole. So uh, say hi from, on behalf of all of FBE, say hello. (laughs) Yeah. on behalf of all of FBE, hello. Okay, was you, that? Yeah, and that was coming from me. You can tweet at us anytime. That's probably going to be me responding. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't tweet us, I will uh, tweet at you. I'll figure it out. Yeah, Nicole, figure it out. Uh, I'm really glad she's here because these are like interesting questions oh. that I feel like I could use some help on, probably. Oh. <laughs> or at least another opinion. Like, I feel like I could give my opinion all day, but it's usually wrong and it's probably bad. So, uh, that being said, let's like jump into it, right? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, so number five, I got this question from a couple different people, but I'm just gonna call out Crypt Kitty and Seth. Uh, it's the name Seth Carico. Ooh, I think Is that, that was Carico. 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 Okay, <clears throat> so both of you guys asked in some some iteration of it, what is the scariest thing I've ever experienced? So I have, <clears throat> sorry, we're both like, I guess sick. Are we sick now? No, I mean, I guess that's the brand. Okay, we're on brand. Okay, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, the scariest thing I've ever experienced, goddamn, it was actually, actually terrifying. I, when I was... 15 years old, I was in Hawaii, and uh, we were jumping off this huge cliff, and I've done it a million times. We go to, like, it's, Kauai is a place that I go every year. Like, it's my favorite place in the whole world. And I've jumped off this cliff a million times from the age of, like, 11. Mm -hmm. And 
I guess we decided to go at like 6 a.m. because, yeah, dumb. We decided to go at 6 a.m. because we were going to go hiking that day, and uh, we just wanted to like get out of the way and then do it, and it's fine, whatever. So apparently, I'm, I'm from Texas, so these are not things that I know, but apparently that was high tide. So I went with a group of boys, and these boys, I was like 15, and they were like 19, mm-hmm. like big buff dudes. Respect? No. No, yeah. I mean, hell yeah, for yeah, me, right? Hell yeah. But no, no, no. But um, they were too scared to do it. And me being the me that I am, I was like, well, yeah, I'll do it. I'll me first because you guys are little babies. And not like looking out. And also, all of the locals were there and were like, don't. Like, don't do that. Don't. Um, but we're dumb and didn't listen to them. And so I jumped into the ocean and immediately got sucked to the bottom. No. Yeah, just got su- and it wasn't like the bottom because it was high tide, so the the waves were going like oscillating down and up and down and up, and so I was getting pulled down and then shot into the air. And by air, I mean like I was shot out of the ocean. And so this happened a few times, and I was like, whoa, I might die here. And then so there's a cliff that you need to kind of like grab onto and climb up to get out of the to get off of it. Um, and so I. It started happening so repeatedly and so, like, rhythmically that I could figure out how to get myself over to the cliff. And when it, like, it shot up into the air, shot me up into the air, I grabbed onto the cliff. And I was like, I did it. Like, I am the rock. I am Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I am, like, a free climbing king. Like, free solo, that's me. Um, And so I... I climbed onto the rock, and then immediately, it gets worse, immediately, a school of white crabs go across my fingers. What? And so I'm, like, because it was, because it was yeah. high tide, and so, but or low tide, or whatever, how, whatever her tides work, I don't know. Yeah. But the tide was so low that where I was grabbing onto that was not inside of the water was typically underwater, which means that all of the sea life was still present and so there was all of these crabs that were like ah I'm naked there's no water around me and they just rushed across me and so I'm holding on and they're rushing across my hands and I'm looking up at my dad and I'm like is anyone gonna help me (laughs) (laughs) you're like either drown or get attacked by by a bunch of crabs and I shit you not it was probably a hundred crabs like I don't want to be I said a hundred because I wanted to say 300 like it was a lot and so I'm looking up at them and they're looking down at me and they're basically like you kind of got to do this on your own like there's really nothing that we can do to help you here even though like I don't believe that but I was standing there and I was just like you know what like, I, I was frozen with fear, and I was like, I can either just stand here, or I could just start climbing. And so I just started climbing, and I was just, like, getting these crabs off my hands, and I was climbing to the top, and I made it, and then nobody else jumped. Everyone else was like, yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah. Let us leave. Did you go back to that cliff? No, never again. That was the last time I did that. Aww. It's Is really it? scary, though. Yeah, I can but imagine. there are things that you do as a kid that you, like, when you grow up, you're like, I could have died every time I did that. Yeah. Like, seeing the ocean, like, drown out and then have all the rocks around you that are, you're like, oh, my God, these are just right here all of the time and I've just been jumping into this mess. <sighs> God, that was scary. Yeah. So that was probably the closest I've ever come to dying. Oh. 
What about you? Well, I mean, that's uh, another ocean story. Right. I'm from Los Angeles, so oh, cool. a lot of my childhood was spent going to the ocean and then trying to, like, defy the rules of nature and be like, I'm going to go in 100 feet. Mm. Who cares? Um, at a certain point, uh, I was, like, little. I was, like, uh, probably, like, 13, 12 at the time. Which, I mean, that still counts as tiny. That's but, um... I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go out into the ocean with nobody. And my family was there standing on the shore. They're, like, having their fun time. They're with their umbrellas. They're not really paying attention. Because, yeah. like, at that point, I'm like, I'm 13. I've been in the ocean a bajillion times because it's where I live. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go swim out. And then I swam out. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, there's no tides and there's nothing and I can't get back in oh. and I can't get back out of the ocean and it keeps pulling no. me further that's a, away. That's a nightmare. Yeah, that's like how people die that's here. That's how people die, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm I'm personally very scared of uh, fish, which I, it, it doesn't correlate how much I like the ocean and dislike fish, mm -hmm. but like it's a thing. Yeah. Um, and there were like fish swimming around me and I'm like, this is so cow, this shouldn't be happening. So I'm like panicking in the middle of the ocean. My family's a hundred something feet away, having fun, no idea what's happening with me. And I'm like, how do I get out? How do I get out? And I just kept trying to like push through. And every time I would push through, it would pull me back in. And then at a certain point I was getting exhausted because at like with the waves pulling you and pushing you back in, you're like just tired. And then I got God. a little bit closer to the shore and then all of a sudden a giant wave came crashing over me and like I felt like I was drowning. I could not get up, I could not get out of the ocean. I was like, this is where I die. And moral of the story here, don't go in the ocean. No, respect the ocean. You can go in the ocean as long as you respect the ocean. That is also, you yeah, You have that's to understand true. the rules of the ocean because that is honestly, we know less about the ocean than we do about space. No, like, I know. It, it, just, oh God, it's so scary. There's a whole nother planet. Underneath it, this planet. Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Like, just respect. What did your parents do? They had no idea. They had cool, no contact. Cool, cool. So I was like, by the time I got to the end, I had been, like, rolling around in the ocean for, oh like, a God. good, like, 10, 15 minutes. And then I get out. I'm, like, exhausted. I'm, like, dragging my limbs to, like, I'm dragging myself out of the ocean on top of, like, these pebbles and rocks. And I'm, like, cutting myself. You just, and like, like, survived. I'm, like, I just got out of this situation. <laughs> I have lived. This was terrifying, but okay. Okay, I guess. Um, now I'm exhausted. I'm going to go nap And your parents hours. were like, oh, welcome back, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, they're like, how's the ocean? Is it cold? And it's cold here. Yeah, like, no, it's not comfy. It, it's not like an easy yeah, that ocean. Sounds, I, feel like, I feel like people have had similar experiences of just like being throttled by the ocean, just being yeah. like pummeled by a wave. And you're like, I mean, not to that extent. No. But just being pummeled by a wave and then you're like... Well, I could sleep for 40 years. Yeah. This is the worst thing I've ever done. And it's also, like, it's never ending, especially over here. Like, it, the the waves aren't big, but they're short and consistent. Yeah. So it's like one will hit you, and then you'll be, like, trying to recover while the other one hits you in the face. Exactly. Again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wow. Yeah. We both almost died in the ocean. Yeah, but wow. it's... Sisters. Uh, yay. <laughs> so, uh, number four, I re actually really appreciate... Um, because I talk a lot. Let me get into it after. Number four is from Ramsey007. Oh, my God. The real James Bond. Uh, why do so many men have to be assholes, but then so many good ones get our hopes up? Okay, Ooh. so here I have to preface this with... I've been trying to be less sexist against men in 2019. And that's just because of my, I'm projecting, like I know I'm projecting from past experiences, but I do want to touch on this a little bit because 
I want to spread a little empathy here. Because I think we both have negative experiences with men, but mm-hmm. we also have a lot of positive. And I feel like we focus on the negative and we don't extrapolate about why maybe society has gotten to the point where it is that men feel like they have to X, Y, Z. So, like, I feel like why do so many men have to be assholes is such a, like, a... Because a lot of people asked questions that were like, men are dicks, why? But... <clears throat> This one in particular, I'm like, why do so many men have to be assholes is so interesting to me because it's like, you're right. Like, there is a societal conditioning of men that make them think that they have to act a certain way, treat women a certain way, approach love in a certain way. And I feel like we're starting to break that down. But I'm 27. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm 24. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love that Living for you. Living a good life. But... The men that we're dating are older. They're not, like, teenagers, obviously. And the thing is, is, like, the younger generation, I feel like, is growing up into this very woke, like, empathetic community of people that transcends gender. And, like, gender normativity doesn't mean as much as it did. But for the men that I'm dating are, like, usually 30 and above who have been who've been conditioned by society to think that they have to be a certain way. And it really and that also means that doesn't just mean like love me you need to love me it's like if you don't like me don't ghost me Mm -hmm. explain to me why you don't want to see me anymore but that's not what people do no I mean I'm guilty of this as well where like I it like I have ghosted people and then like for a long time I've been like I feel bad now because this is another human being and Yes, sometimes there's the, like, asshole types that are only, like, usually if you have, like, an open line of communication with people, they're pretty direct about what Mm -hmm. they want, what they want to do, like, their interests. But, like, yes, there are some men that are assholes. There's some women who are assholes. And there are some women who are, yeah, Yeah, big assholes. Yeah, for real. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, no, all women are queens, obviously. But, no, see, that's also sexist for me to say that. But, no, I I think that, like, oh, God, men have such a difficult relationship with their feelings, you know? It's, yeah. It's troubling to see. It's Mm long-term, like, conditioning from so many things. And especially, like, I don't know, I uh, being in the U.S., too, I get to meet a lot of, like, first-generation U.S. dudes mm-hmm. who still have that, like, really hardcore conditioning from their families exactly. that are usually hyper-religious or um, come from different countries that have different, like, viewpoints towards masculinity. And, like, it's it's really hard because they've now been thrown into a situation where they need to understand what it means to be open with your feelings and more uh, relaxed and comfortable with your masculinity um, while at the same time living up to the expectations that people have for you, especially the people that you care about, like your families or um, your friends that are might be in similar situations where they have that familial, like, bearing down kind of thing happening to wow, them. Wow, yes, bitch. Yeah. Like, for real. And then I feel like the second part of that is... Um, why do the good ones get our hopes up? I, to me, I feel the opposite. When I meet somebody who, when I meet a man who treats me right and that, uh, who I enjoy spending time with, who I have an open line of communication with, it gives me hope mm-hmm. that that's possible going forward. And I think that that's like, it's a conditional basis. Like, you know, 
every person you meet is a new person you're meeting. And to tack on any past trauma or any past, I mean, obviously, you work on your trauma in the way that you need to work on it, but tacking on anybody else's shit to the new person that you're dating or seeing isn't healthy for you. Mm-hmm. So just be selfish. Like, think about yourself and put yourself in the best position to, like, accept the love that you want. Because if a man is being an asshole to you, you could just say bye. That's an option. Yeah. Or you could. what I like to do is be like, hey, what's this? What yeah. are you doing now? Like, I did that, I think I just started doing that this year, honestly. Or, like, last year. Is a guy was kind of jerking me around, and I was like, hey, when you do this, it makes me feel like this. Is that your intention? And he was like, I am so sorry. And then he was honest with me mm-hmm. about where he was in his life, which was not in a place to be in a relationship. And I was like, thanks, and now we're friends. So, like... It's possible. And I mean, it, it, you can, that's like, you can do that with the people that you're dating or that you're seeing. You can also do that with men in your regular life. Like whenever you see somebody doing something that makes you feel as though you are in an uncomfortable place or they're making you feel as though, um, they're being assholes. It's like, there's, there's so much opportunity to open up and be like, Hey, what you're doing is making me uncomfortable or what you're saying um, is coming off kind of jerkish and I'm just trying to open up this communication so that we're able to like fix this problem and also it helps make them better. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Like it's nobody, it's not your, what? Coffee is brewing. I'm sorry if you can hear that. But um, it's not your job to fix anybody, but if yeah. you care about the person, then I think it's worth having the conversation at least. Yeah, 100%. Um, hell yeah. Whoa, more people asking about death? Whoa, too much for me. Um, ooh. Okay. This is what you might have to think a little bit, okay? Okay, I'm ready. Number three. If you had the power to, which horror movie would you want to sing bring to life or reality? Wow. I'm going to say probably final destination honestly only because so you want something trying to kill you every day if something's trying to kill me every day at least let me know yeah that's true like if if it's gonna be like oh you're gonna be hit by a truck like okay cool now i'm aware of this truck i well that's true and like you can kind of try to cheat it it's like more of a game like for me what a like extreme baby way out i was like yeah i want to like experience death but i know that i'm going to come back to life every time (laughs) (laughs) oh well that is also yeah that is a way out and it kind of it kind of works i also don't here's the thing um i have a very low uh understanding and experience with spooky movies um no need to have it this is yeah listen "Mm." to each their own like this is i will this is a spooky podcast Mm. but i'm not I can't watch, like, if I think about a scary, if I think about a scary movie too late at night, I won't be able to sleep. Yeah. Like, if I just remember The Ring, I'm, like, done for. And I'm, I'm like, like, real low level, like, I Am Legend, I, when I watched that for, like, weeks afterwards, all I could think about was those, like, spooky yeah, human it's scary. Yeah, things it, attacking me. Listen, I understand, it's because you have a big imagination. Yeah. When you have a big imagination, it's hard to watch scary movies, because you're like, oh, I'm gonna die. Yeah. Um, I think another one is, there's a very classic uh, horror film called uh, mm-hmm. The Island of Do- uh, Dr. Moreau mm-hmm. and it's all about this crazy doctor who uh, went to this island and created these animal hybrids and that's my deepest fear 
is personification of animals is when animals start to talk like Planet of the Apes shit. Like, that is my deepest fear that I'm going to be alone in a room and a dog is going to be like, by the way, we can all talk. <laughs> That's the worst thing I can imagine. Um, so I feel like that would really, like, confront me with that fear if I was on the island of Dr. Moreau. Okay, but if dogs could talk, I no. would, like, there's, there's... A, count me out. Count you out? Ouch. I feel like it might be, like, a fun experience for, like, 20, 30 minutes just so you find out what their actual okay, needs and wants are. you're the only... Okay, but in my fear, you're the only person who knows this. Oh. Exactly. So now mm. you have to go day by day. Every sweet doggo you see you know can talk to you but just isn't. And, like, every person, you'd be like, dogs can talk. And then you'll, they'll be like, you're insane. Like, shut <laughs> up. You know? You're like, your dog is having um, problems with his hearing. You should go get his ears checked out. <laughs> They're like, what do you... You just looked at my dog for, like, 20 seconds. Yeah, I know. One time I was... One time I was at my friend Libby's house, and she had these two basset hounds. And she went to the bathroom, and the basset hound started staring at me. And I was in, like, probably, like, fifth grade. And I started bawling because I thought it was going to start talking to me. This is, like, an actual fear I've had for my whole life. Can you, so I'm guessing you don't like, like, Dr. Doolittle, like, that kind of stuff. No, that's cute, because it's cute. cute. Oh, like, okay. for me, it's the, you know, the moment before it, like, turns into a wolf man? Like, mm -hmm. if it looks like a hybrid, like, it anamorphs, mm -hmm. like, it looks like a hybrid between a human and an animal, I am fucking done. Like, I cannot. You can't, not even. I not cannot even, even, and I won't. And I shan't. Oh, my God. And I can't. I mean, I can understand that. I don't think any human-animal hybrid would be cool unless, I don't know, there's, like, the, there there have been, like, multiple stories. Like, there was this, like, Patterson book that was, like, there's this girl. She is a human-bird hybrid. She can fly. And I was, oh like, God. that's kind of cool. But then it's also, like, can you imagine having to deal with wings every day? Like, the whole, like, and then you're also a sentient human being. Yeah, no, it's I'm like, done. Like, all of it just sounds exhausting. Like, I'm too tired to get coffee in the morning. I can't imagine, like, dealing with all of the psychological ramifications of being an animal as well. Like, it's too yeah. much for me. Um, great. Well, now I'm scared. Moving on. Uh, what is this, number two? Uh, number two. Num num number two. Number three? No, I think it's number two oh, because number two. we did fear... And then we did boys, and then we oh. did movie, and now it's number two. Okay, then it's number two. Oh, hallelujah. Number two. This one's good for you, too. Okay. Uh, Nate is nobody. I don't believe that, Nate. I bet you're somebody. When did you when you first started social media, what was your plan or goal? Or did you really have one? I did no. Nope. No. I did not have a plan. I did not have a goal. I still don't. I still have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but I love the power of social media, and I love talking to you guys. Like, that's, you know, right? Yeah. Do you? You don't know. It's like, I, I'm, because you're coming from the perspective of somebody who's, like, building a audience without, like, it, it, with, in, like, the most, like, organic sense where you're going, like, oh, by the way, I'm in marketing, so. Right. Yeah. No, this is why this is a perfect no, no, question no, for No, no, this you. is, really, because, like, with, with you, you're coming in, and you're like, I want to build this community that is fun without actually having to do the things that, like, build a community you mm -hmm. just want to talk to cool people who are interested in the same topics as you and kind of like it, it, it's not like building an audience but it's like building people who have similar interests to you and being able to see them and talk to them specifically whereas when I'm coming into anywhere that I'm going and trying to build a social media audience I'm like looking at the people who really care about a brand and really care about the people who are behind it and then trying to figure out what 
we can do to bring them in and bring them closer and get them to be more interested in the brand and get them to be more interested in the people behind it. Um, in related news, Nicole is now managing my Instagram. <laughs> Please. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What a can nightmare you, it would, that be, would be. No, but it would be fun. It would For be you. Like, no, I mean. No, it wouldn't. Oh, your aesthetic is there. You is have it? your brand. No, I mean, like, it, it doesn't have to be, like, a visually reoccurring aesthetic, but as long as you have specific interests and specific looks that you like to go towards, yeah. that's, like, perfect. Okay. Like, I like beautiful boudoir shoots. I like really, f- like, refined or, like, amazing photographs that are taken by people. Like, that's, that's a thing. That's, okay. like, you cool. supporting yeah, I artists. Feel like I, yeah, that's the thing is that, like, I feel like I just love taking pictures, mm-hmm. and I share them. And I hadn't – it's funny because, like, I get a lot of comments, especially on my latest post because I, I was uh, posting for a really great brand called The Identity of She – and they have these really amazing, like, body-inclusive messaging for sweatshirts and stuff like that. And so I have one called Superior Body. And so I posted about that, just about how it's hard to compromise, like, your double chin with how much you love your ass. Like, I love my butt so much, but I hate my arms. Mm-hmm. Like, I love my thighs so much, but I hate my stretch marks. So, like, how am I supposed to be this person for everybody when I am still dealing with parts of me that I hate but what something I really love about social media specifically Instagram is what I'm talking about right now is that I feel it can make you feel like you need to be perfect it can make Mm -hmm. you feel like you need to look a certain way and then the second you drop that and you're like no I'm not perfect like I do look kind of weird sometimes and like this is a bad angle and you know I don't like my arms I don't like my chin I don't like whatever uh people are like no me too and it's so funny to like you get so caught up in that rat race of influencing mm-hmm. that the second you drop it you realize how much closer you are to the community of people around you yeah. so it's like that's nice and a thing i mean something that i also try and do and make myself do whenever I'm taking photos, is I don't look at them immediately. Mm. Only because when you're looking at something immediately, you get to see the flaws and it makes you insecure about certain things that you don't like about yourself. And then when you give it a little bit of time, you look back and you're like, these photos are amazing. They're badass. Like, I look really cool in them. And, like, like, yes, my arms are the way they are and, like, my face is, like, a little too, like... Moon. I got moon face. It's like... (laughs) I got a a case of the moon face. Like, it's a thing. I'm like, my hair did not look amazing in this specific thing, but I'm like, after a certain amount of time, I'm like, whoa, this is a really cool and really amazing picture. It's the same thing, like, right now, if you go and you look at some of your older pictures that you took when you were younger, when you initially looked at them, you're like what this is weird and this doesn't look good but when you look at them now you're like this is a really cool interesting moment in my life that I was able to capture and keep with me yeah Um, I was just thinking about that yesterday actually because looking at some pictures of me from 10 years ago mm -hmm. and um I had I'm sure like like everybody I had an eating disorder and (laughs) you know just like everybody but you know when I was in a lot of people and I was a I was a a competitive boxer Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of like literally I had to make weight classes so I would starve myself I would take laxatives I would eat like a three ounce boiled chicken a day you know or half a grapefruit and a three ounce boiled chicken and that's all I would eat a day Mm -hmm. because I was trying to make weight and so for me it was just like I 
look back on those pictures where I was like bigger than I was bigger than my friends, mm-hmm. but I was so tiny. And I look back on those and I I I hate that I ever felt that I needed to look like that because it doesn't even look like me. Yeah. Like I'll show you a picture and it's like, where is she? It and it's it suck it sucks, but it's also like such a great time capsule of like wow my brain is changing every single day and I'm able to, like you said, I'm able to capture that and like hold on to that and remember that what I thought at 17 is so drastically different than what I think at 27. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's wild because when I was that age, I thought I knew everything. Like I thought I was, and I was smart. I was a smart cookie, but I'm not, I wasn't wise, you know, you grow up and Wow, social media, right? Yeah, I you mean, it, it, it's the it, but it's like the best thing about social media. It's like now I'm looking back, I'm like, wow, why was I like so constantly every single day judging myself and like making myself feel worse when, like, this is the current existence and the current body I have, and this is who I am as a person. And yes, I can move to change that or do whatever I want with my body. That's my choice. But like what's the purpose of making myself feel bad every single day yeah. or like criticizing myself when I'm like, this is a pretty cool person. Other people think I'm really cute too. Mm-hmm. Like that's okay. And I'm like, they're, I'm like, I go on dates. There are cute yeah. guys that I'm like, hey, I still I'm get like, it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, if, if somebody else thinks you're cute and like, that's also, it, it's a nice feeling, but yeah. e- even if they don't think you're cute, it's like you think you're cute. Exactly, and th- that's a huge thing that it actually leads into number one, but um, in this, I I use my Instagram. I don't know, we haven't gotten to this point of, of friendship yet, but I practice something called chaos magic, um, which I will yes. yeah, I'll tell you about it, but I use my Instagram as a sigil to myself. Mm-hmm. So I use my Instagram as a personal manifestation of what I wanna see in myself and what I wanna be that day. And if it's compassion, if it's sexy, if it's like bold, if it's tired, Mm -hmm. like if any of those things, anything that I want to see, I put on my Instagram page because I am, it's like a vision board, but a little bit deeper than that. Like a sigil is, is a, an object, a symbol, a manifestation of the thing, or or not a manifestation, but it's a symbol, an object, a visual representation of the thing that you want to manifest inside of yourself. And every time I look at my Instagram page, I'm empowering myself, which is more important than like any followers, any likes, any of that, which I do appreciate. And don't please keep following me and also like my pictures. But it's the validation that I need to give myself. And so, yeah, hell yeah for me. Hell yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, on, did you hear that? Yeah, it was beautiful. Thank it was you. a really good burp. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it was art, artistic, very yeah. well defined, multiple tones. I I know, and I like went through. There was a story with that for yeah. sure. It was a good burp. But and that I mean, like oh, with it, no, no, but like with it too. I don't have that, but uh, an, an Instagram feed, but. It doesn't only have to be that visual representation uh, through a feed, like challenging yourself through the kinds of things where you're like, okay, now I'm going to wear a crop top and this is really intimidating for me and this is really overwhelming because I'm like, I don't like my stomach. Mm -hmm. It's like, make yourself, challenge yourself every day to kind of like defy the rules that you have mentally set for yourself. Yeah. And it can be, social media can be so powerful in that way too, where 
the people you follow matter so much. If just like Marie Kondo, like if it doesn't spark joy, throw it away. Mm -hmm. Like the people that I follow on Instagram, like my friend Carmen, Eat the Cake Two, Confidently Jewels, Tabria Majors, like all these people who I aspire to be, who I look up to, like that that shapes my day every single day. Mm -hmm. So hell yeah to that. And that kind of leads into number one, which I actually this came in from this was the most asked question which I think is very telling and I think is important to talk about but I'll just say from um Shad's Faye Shad's Shades Shad's Shad's Faye Shad's Faye um do you have uh any sort of type of depression or mental illness and this is um again like got this question probably 10 to 15 times um, and I think it's important to talk about. So, number one, let's talk about depression, baby. Yeah. I'm a very happy person. I'm a very, I like to spread light and joy, compassion, love, empathy, all those things. And I have depression. Hell. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> I laugh every day. I smile every day. I love my family. I love my friends. And I have depression. And, like, you know, I, it's an everyday struggle for me to get out of bed. And especially on the weekends, Mm -hmm. that's why I'm sure we both do this, inundate ourselves with work because the second you're not working, it is like, oh my God, I am confronted with myself. And like, to be very honest with you, it's something I'm still working on and I haven't fully figured out. But for me, yeah, yes, I do. And it's important for me to get out of my house, to get out of my bed and just kind of force yourself to do the things you don't want to do. And, um that activity helps shed that away and that's not saying that it'll cure getting out of your bed will cure depression because it is a chemical thing that you should go to a therapist for you know but and everyone should be working on this every day but I I also think that like it's a huge misconception that if somebody has depression they're like sitting you know they're like sad little peas in a gray sweater with a cup of tea like that won't leave their house like no, I, you know, yeah, I'm an energetic like, person. I, I like people and I have depression. <laughs> yeah. You're one of the like most positive and like consistently pushing and improving people in this office. And Thank you. With, with, with anybody, <laughs> you can't really like, depression is the kind of thing you can't really see it mm-hmm. and like you can't really uh, experience it or truly understand it until not until but like uh, unless you have it because a lot of people don't really it it is a lot of extreme uh chemical imbalances Mm -hmm. in your brain and it's like why am i feeling the way that i'm feeling i don't know and the physical the physical pull of like I don't think I can physically do it. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many parties I don't go to. There's so many get-togethers I don't go to. There's so many, ve- like, dinners, dates I don't go to that, because I stop myself from that. And, you know, I think it's, I think that this really um, beckons back to number four or three or whatever it was about the men yeah. being assholes. It's like, you never know what the person in front of you is going through. And they could be smiling at you they could be bringing you joy but I would just say always have empathy for those around you because it's it's hard everything is hard and also the world right now is depressing it's a bad world to live in right now and so like the only light that I see is other people which is why 
I pull so much energy and so much positivity from the people like at work from the people that's why I like to be so encouraging because like when I see people being creative it makes me feel better and so if I feed into my own depression stay in bed don't interact with people I'm just feeding my own narrative that like this is what I deserve this is as good as it gets and then the second you go out and interact with a different person you're like oh my god I'm relating to a person like I'm connecting this is so much better for me but yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of friends who are diagnosed with depression, and mm-hmm. they like, there, there's a lot of, hey, I know that this is happening to you, and I know that you might be having a bad day, and I'm going to come on over, and we're gonna do something together, and let's try and improve your mood and if you don't want to then let's sit together and watch a movie yeah everyone needs a nicole like that's the thing is that it's it's okay to be experiencing these things as long as you have a support system and if you don't like go out do the thing that you've always loved to do remember my thing is like which is why i still love wrestling so much and passionately love wrestling is because i need to remember the things that make me me and growing up wrestling made me me And, like, that's – if I don't remind myself that I have interests, then I'll just turn into, like, that – remember that that gray blob Mm -hmm. and that depression commercial that's just, like, bouncing down the street? It's like, yeah, you'll just turn into a gray blob if you don't, like, remember the things that make you you. It's like that – remember that Fairly Odd Parents episode? Where they all turn turn into blobs? Yes. And they're, like, there's still racism with blobs? Yeah, exactly. The, like – variant color of gray yeah yeah no that's oh what a good episode it was a very smart (laughs) very smart yeah but yeah no i i want like i just want to demystify this because we do have a lot of young listeners Mm -hmm. and i don't want anyone to feel like the thing i still get notifications from my old job it's crazy but anyway cool um i don't want i also have add (laughs) um i don't want any any of y'all to feel like your brain is wrong it's not you just are in charge of it yeah, and you also... You responsible for it. Like, me, I, I'm consistently trying to... I have a, a lot of anxiety as a human being, and I have a lot of... Um, my, my emotions are not static, mm-hmm. and it's hard to control them because they will go extremely high or extremely low. Mm-hmm. So, it like, depending on the day and what will happen, it, it, it like, I could be the happiest person in the world, or I can be a depressed blob that's bringing everybody down. Mm. And, like, it, it is so hard to break out of that cycle and, like, genuinely talking to a doctor or, or like, to a therapist. And if it's the kind of thing where you need medication, figuring that figuring out. Figuring it out, yeah. Um, it's There's no shame in it. There's absolutely no shame in it, which is why it's, like, so important to talk about these things on any platform that you can because bringing light to it, it's like, hi, I'm a successful person. I work a... 13-hour job, and I have two other jobs on top of this. Like, I am an active member of society living with depression, and that's okay Yeah. as long as you deal with it. Yeah, because, I mean, like, there's also, there's a lot of, like, negative stigma that still exists mm-hmm. for this, where it's like, is it wrong for me to go get help? I don't think that I'm having, or it's like, I don't think, it's like, if I'm not depressed and I feel, like, suicidal, it's like, I, am I not feeling strong enough to actually go to a doctor or like having to deal with this because it's not that extreme it's like maybe it's the kind of thing where you need to just talk to somebody and open up and have yeah. that kind of conversation but every single person's different and until you 
like genuinely talk to someone and find the right method for you so that you can like exist in this world and create the things that you want to create it's you just have to keep going and yeah keep trying. yeah and just remember that everyone's going through it too yeah. you know even if it's not like if it's depression bipolar like my sister's uh, schizophrenic and borderline mm-hmm. so it's like but she lives every day she's engaged and she's you know has loves her job like these are these are stigmas that we have as people when you hear these words these trigger words you immediately go like oh that's not an active member of society mm-hmm. that's not true you can be whatever you want to be so um hey man it's okay is that yeah. hey man it's, it's okay, okay. You, like I, I believe in you yeah yeah we both me and nicole both believe in you and i don't know what else you need honestly um and then Okay, yay. Yeah. Oh, we did it. That's oh, all. That oh, was the, oh, oh, wow. No, but so to not make it so sad, to end on, not sad, just like, ooh, heavy. Uh, yeah. here, are, here are a few, like, uh, honorary questions that we're just going to answer real quickly. First of all, Robin AC says, hey, ma. Hi, baby. Um, book recommendations for satanic and occult. Uh, hail me. Hail you, my sister queen. I will say uh, my number one recommendation for you specifically, Robin, is uh, the Satanic Witch. Ooh. It is amazing. It's a it's a Satanic book all for women and the power of like femininity and the power of and that doesn't mean like I'm a little lady. It's like the power that you can derive from your feminine energy, which also means any man can derive this from his feminine energy. Because I don't know if you know this, but gender doesn't actually exist. Everyone has a little bit of everything inside of you. Did, hey, ladies, did you know that you have balls inside of you? Hey, men, did you know that your testicles are ovaries? Let's all just hang out, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? It works. We're just inside stuff and they're outside stuff, which is makes a ton of sense if you think about the way that we process things. Like, we're yeah. inside stuff. They are outside stuff. So it's, you know, it's a lot. But um, The Satanic Witch, 100%, it's a um, short little book really easy to read it's it has a pink cover which i dig because i love pink um so yeah absolutely that 100 percent that one i'm not going to re- recommend anything else until you read that because i know recommending too many things is not useful um this one i literally hate this question more than anything and i can't wait to hear your response to it as well wait what boy wonder wall cool says is it best to be a jerk to a girl who expects you to wait on her or just walk away. Honey, baby, sweetie. What? Okay, first of all, never be a jerk to anybody on purpose unless they are literally kicking your cat. Like, there's no reason to be mean to a person if they are expect. You can't see me, but I'm quote-unquoting this right now. Expecting you to wait on her probably means that you guys are in some sort of relationship and maybe you would want to provide for her. Maybe you would want to yeah. to like and you know what is that even a health that's not a healthy way to approach anything any kind of relationship yeah. any you not even like the, the the existence of the world it's like if i'm a jerk to my dog will they like me more yeah hey my dog is doing something wrong should i like berate it and yell at it no you, it's a dog like figure <laughs> it out but with not this that one, dogs are people not that, know, exactly yeah. they're not going to talk to you probably <laughs> but um for this one like i <laughs> If she is the type of person who needs somebody to be doting on her, which is a type of person that exists and actively exists and has finds love every day in the world, then maybe you're not the person for her. Maybe can maybe turn it back on yourself and say, "Hey, I cannot provide for you all the things that you need me to provide for you." So, I, walk away. You know, yeah. but explain to her like, "Listen, 
you need things from me that I'm unable to give to you, but that's you being unable to give it to her and you not communicating with her. That you don't, she is not doing anything wrong. Like it, even if somebody's like, get me coffee. Yeah. You're accepting that language into your life. You know, like if somebody looks at me and says, get me coffee. If it's somebody that I love, I'll be like, I'm sorry. Would you like coffee? And they'll be like, yeah, I'd like some coffee. And then it would be my pleasure to get you some coffee. But Also, like, there's a really good possibility that you might be internalizing this situation. Mm-hmm. If it's the kind of thing where it's like you're texting her and she's not texting you back, it's very likely that, I mean, with, with most people, she could be busy. She could be doing stuff. Like, there's there's people also, like, uh, uh, they they have no, you have no, like, for, like you, you can't force friendship. You can't force a, a relationship. relationship with yeah, someone. yeah. And like, if if you're in your language, she's expecting too much from you. Maybe you're not offering enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And I'm not shitting on you. I'm just don't. I just hate it in relationships when people turn it on the other person. And I'm like, yeah, maybe they're not acting in the way that you see for yourself in a relationship, but. That's that person that you're choosing to be with. So, like, don't or do, you know? Yeah. Oh, gross. And then, no, not gross. I'm sorry. Thank you for your question. Um, but the last one, and I got a few of these, and I just wanted to touch on it really quickly because, and it's going to be the shortest answer of all time. But Michael Margaret Hall, fun name, Margaret, middle name Margaret, very cool. Um, what's your thoughts on WWE having so many signed wrestlers but not utilizing all of them? Hey, it's a written show. People get used when they get used. When you first go into a company, usually there's a uh, there's a uh, transitive process where you're not involved in any, everything in the front end. And I would say also for all my wrestling fans out there, just lay back, just chill back, and like and watch wrestling. You know, just like the thing that you like. Imagine what's your like favorite activity. Uh, the the reason why I work here is YouTube. Like, okay, but like a, oh activity. No, 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 that's perfect. YouTube. Okay. So like imagine. Imagine if there were, like, oh, there is. uh, Just critics of anything kills me. Like, but imagine if there was, like, YouTubers commenting on on YouTubers about, like, why they were making the certain videos they were making. I understand that people do that all the time, and I'm hearing myself right now say that. But, like, it's shitty. It is You know, it's shitty. shitty. It's like, if you love something, allow yourself to love it. I guess I'm, specifically for wrestling, we all know the glaring issues with wrestling we all know the not even issues we know the glaring realities of wrestling that i'm not going to get into that you either choose to like it's like this dude who wants to be with his girl or not like it or don't like it you're allowed to comment on it absolutely but when you start picking apart the intricacies of how a business works better example Imagine if you love YouTube so much mm-hmm. and then you start wondering about the pra- best practices of the YouTube headquarters like what are you doing? Yeah. What a nightmare. So, like, don't worry about what Vince is doing. Don't worry about what the company's doing. And if you don't like something, that's fine. React to what you're seeing on TV, but don't worry about these under these underutilized wrestlers because chances are there's some stuff going on in the back that you don't know about. Also, it's the kind of thing where it's like, yes, you are totally allowed and, like, you should 100%, like voice your concerns mm-hmm. and voice your interests and in how things are working but like once it gets elevated to a point where you're going and you're telling this company like hey 
what the fuck are you doing? You are garbage people. If you're like verbally attacking them or negatively speaking towards them, it's like you're just reflecting on yourself poorly as a fan and then attacking some random social media manager out there who's like, I don't know what are you, what are you talking exactly. about? Like if, okay, here's some, here's some actual really like solid advice. If you want to support a wrestler that you feel is being underutilized, then buy their merch, follow yeah. them on social, tweet at them, like support them. Don't yell at the company for not using them because that just, the company doesn't care. I'm just letting you know. You can yell at a billionaire all you want, but at the end of the day, he's a billionaire. If you really want to support your underutilized wrestlers, then go to their store, buy their merch, support them that way, because that really does show. That really, it really matters. So, you know, do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. And, like, you, you, if you're showing your support that way, it's like, at least you're being constructive towards this person and you're showing like, hey, company, look at this person. They're getting a lot more merch sales or they're getting exactly. a lot more tweets. And they look at, at that. They look yeah. at that. And uh, just while I have you, I will say go tweet at Kofi Kingston and be like, you are the best. You are the greatest of all time. Tell everyone tweet at Kofi Kingston and say, Rachel Evans told me to tell you that you are the best of all time and we love you so dearly and so desperately. That's just a personal put over for me. Ooh, Thanks. that was very positive. I love him. Um, Nicole, what a fun time. Yeah, this is you... so great. It's good, right? I, I love doing this. No, this is literally like the best. A we good should do this. We should do this like, like Hell once yes. a month or something. Yes, I'm down for that. I'm here, we could do user questions. <gasps> me and Nicole user questions. Oh okay. My God. I like that. Send us all your user questions. Please do. User. Like, what am oh, I? Yes. Yeah, send, <laughs> send all your questions. Um. Okay, Nicole, tell them where to find you. Oh, you can find me at Nicole Nadellian. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be spelled somewhere. N-I-D-E-L-I-A-N. Yes. Literally any social platform. That is my only at on Twitter, nice. Instagram. Nice. You can come follow me, tweet at me. I guarantee you I will respond. 100%. I love that. Um, and you guys know where to find me <laughs> uh, <laughs> on all of the social medias at Rachel Sam Evans or Rachel Sam Vance, depends on how your brain works. I just got a notification on my phone that me and Nicole have a meeting in 10 minutes to talk about how to push people to subscribe to videos. So, like, great. Ooh. Or to the channels, you can't subscribe to videos. That would be cool. Kinda. If you could su- subscribe to specific series. Yeah, that would be, well, that would be Let's really call interesting YouTube. to see. Yeah. Hello? Be like YouTube? some people that are like, I only want to see elders react. Weird. Well, that yeah, I means strange. It's a specific subgenre. I kind of only ever want to see kids react. Really? I, I love kids more than anything. They're so cute. They're I love like, kids. I Every time I see somebody going into a room with a kid, I'm like, oh, that sounds gross. No, that, I'm going to no, stop it here. Yeah. This is good. This has been great. Um, <laughs> ooh, I can. You can feel that, right? Yeah, it was a little... Feel that in your bones? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for hearing me. (laughs) Listening to the...